We're the third week in a series entitled What Every Christian Needs to Do. Last couple weeks we looked at every Christian needs to celebrate the Lord's Supper and every Christian needs to be baptized. And today I want to talk to you about that every Christian needs to live in the Bible. Do you know that through the Bible God speaks to us, God feeds us, and spiritually we grow through spending time in God's Word. Computer scientists have this uh, phrase. I don't know if you studied any computer programming or not, but uh, it's been around for a long time. They say garbage in, garbage out. And here's what they mean by that. The computer is just a logical machine, and whatever instructions you give it, it just it can't think. It doesn't know what you intended, and that's why most programmers are men, you know, so it can't read the minds of intentions. And so whatever you put into it, two people caught that joke. My, I won't say it in the second service because my wife will be there, okay? But garbage in garbage out and so whatever you put into it that's what you get out of it the, the same is true about uh, our soul if constantly we're just letting all kinds of garbage come in through television that we watch social media that we consume people that we're around if we're constantly just consuming garbage it, it's going to eventually affect what comes out of us and that's why you and I need to be focused upon putting the Bible in, not, not, not putting garbage in. And this morning, as I thought about this, this message, the last, the last two services have been you know, specific actions. Every Christian needs to be baptized. You do that once in your life, and, and then you don't really need to do that again. Every Christian needs to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We, we do that a few times a year. That is a specific event, and, and we certainly need to participate. But when we talk about every Christian needs to live in the Bible, we're, we're moving to a whole different realm of the Christian life. But this is not a specific action or a, a point in our life, but it's, it's a lifestyle. And, and one of the fears I have uh, preaching a series like what every Christian needs to do is that some of us would develop this mentality of the Christian life being a checklist. There's things that we need to do. We do those things. We, we check it off. And so some people approach the Bible this way. They say, well... The preacher said I need to read the Bible. The preacher said I need to pray. So I got my list. And did I read my Bible verses? I did. Check. Did I pray? Check. And, and what happens is that that produces a legalism in us where we're concerned about keeping rules or keeping a list and checking off the, the duties. And, and there are duties of the Christian life, but we should be motivated to keep those by love and devotion, not by a sense of, keeping a duty and so when we think about reading the bible i, I want to encourage you today to read the bible every day we're going to talk pretty in depth about how to do that and different things we need to do each day with the bible in order to really be able to live it but i want to encourage you to be in god's word every day but not for the sake of checking off a list i was in it at uh, christmas and uh, i was it's a it's a busy hectic time you know when we go in we've got all this family and they haven't seen us in a few months and and it's it's a marathon where we struggle to sleep where everybody wants to see us and we got to be here and got to be there and if you've ever moved out of town and gone back you know what I'm talking about it's just it's a crazy time and I was just I was uh, struggling to get my Bible reading in and one day I hadn't I hadn't gotten any time to read the Bible because I was not in control of a minute of my schedule all day and so that night I was uh, I, 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 I was sitting down, I was trying to read my Bible, and, 
and one of my extended relatives, uh, I know, I'm not even going to let you guess who that would be, but nobody in my immediate family says, says, oh yeah, says, don't lose your streak. Well, it's not about keeping a streak. It's about being in love with God. And, and I, I, need to, I need to hear from him. And I hope that, that we get to the point in our life that that's our motivation, is that we want to spend time with God. Now, now that we checked it off, well, I, I said my prayer today, read my Bible today, I did, did whatever a good Christian needs to do. No, but that, that we truly have a desire to hear from him and to be fed by him. I think about the people in my family that uh, are just precious to me. I, I, I love them, and that's what motivates me to spend time with them. Yesterday I was... I had a busy day yesterday, and about 8 o'clock, I had some more stuff that I still really needed to get done, but I thought, well, I can, I can squeeze it in later in the week because I knew that I really just needed to spend some quality time with my wife. So I put all that stuff away, and I went down, and, and we just sat and watched TV and drank coffee and, and uh, just, just had some good time together. Today's my youngest daughter's 14th birthday. That's, that's how old I'm getting. That's the youngest one that I have, and so I know some of y'all are my parents' age, but uh, my youngest is 14 today. We have a tradition in our house, and the tradition is that on your birthday, you get to choose where we go eat. And so she chose a place in Evansville. She wants to go for lunch today. And so my wife said, she had already talked to her, and she said, I told her we can't do that. It's Sunday. You got to get back for a meeting. It's just too rushed. And I said, hey, don't tell her that. I said, you know the tradition. If she wants to go to Evansville, we will make it work. You know why? I don't have to do that, but I love those kids. I don't know why they're so expensive and there's so much trouble, but, <laughs> but I, I do. I just can't help it. I, lo I love those kids, and I, and I love my wife, and I hope that you have people in your life that you, that you feel that way about. And you see, this type of relationship, this is what God wants from us. He, he wants us to love him. Because he loves us. And so when I talk to you about we need to read the Bible, it's not about there's some, there's some checklist of duties that we have to fulfill. It's about learning to want to hear from God and to spend time with him. And, and if, you will, if you will spend time in God's word, he will show you things about yourself, about the world, about him. He will, he, will, he will change your life because instead of garbage in from the world all the time, you get direct revelation from God. And so I want to encourage you as we think about our passage today in Psalm 119 to think about all those motivations that we have to read the Bible because we absolutely love God. Psalm 119, we're going to read verses 9 through 16. Would you join me in standing just out of reverence for God's word? Psalm 119, beginning in verse 9. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts 
and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Let's pray together. Father, help us to have a heart like David. I know that he sinned at different times in his life, but you said that he was a man after your own heart. And Father, I pray that that could be said of many people here. I know it could be said of everyone that chooses to live this way. Help us to be men and women who are in love with you and who want to hear from you and who want to listen and learn and follow. That, Lord, that we, that we could live a life of gratitude for what you've done for us. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I believe that we need to live in the Bible. And here's, here's what I mean by that. First of all, I want you to understand this passage in verse 9. God is calling us to a life of purity. Verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Now, I believe that that's just one example of the power of God's word in somebody's life. Uh, David could have given many examples. But he said, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, if you've ever been a young man, I was. It's a, it's a hard way to go uh, if you're trying to live a life of purity. And the same is true about women. They have their own temptations and things that we struggle with. There are many things in life from covetedness to, to envy to jealousy. There's, there's all kinds of things that we have to overcome if we're going to live a life of devotion to God. And sometimes it may feel like that you don't have the power or you don't have the ability to withstand temptation and to be what God wants you to be. But I want you to know that you can by the power of God's Word. That's why the Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And it says, by guarding it according to your Word. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 the Bible tells us about, about Cain. Cain, of course, was one of the sons of Adam that, that murdered his brother Abel. In verse 6, it says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your face fallen? This is after Cain's offering was not accepted and Abel's was. But listen to this. He says in verse 7, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen to this. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. God said to Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Friends, I believe that the same is true for all of us. That sin is constantly crouching at our door. We face Temptations from without and temptations from within. We have temptations that are external attacks from Satan and his demons who try to tempt us and try to make us fail. We have temptations from within as our sinful nature tries to lure us back into old way of living. And so you and I are constantly faced with temptations. And just like Cain, sin is crouching at our door. And his desire is to have you. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy your family, destroy your testimony, and destroy whatever ministry that you may have. He wants to rob you of the joy of the Christian life. But you, you must overcome. And how can we do this? By guarding it according to his word. You and I need to be in the Bible 
so that we have the ability to live the life that God is calling us to because we do not have the ability on our own. It is only through what God does inside of us as he shapes us and molds us and changes us. And God does this primarily through his word as the Holy Spirit illuminates his word so that we can understand it and apply it in our lives. So God said to Cain, sin is crouching at the door. It's desires for you, but you must rule over it. You see, God, seeking God requires submitting to his commandments. Notice what he says in verse 10. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Well, uh, this is one of the Psalms of uh, uh, David. And in this passage, he says, with my whole heart, I seek you. This is the problem that so many people have in understanding the Christian life. It's, it's not a small thing. It's not something that's one segment of your life. It's not something that you do on Sunday morning. It, it's, it's about loving God and seeking him with all of your heart. It's about our motives. It's about our desires. It's about our intentions. It's not about checking off a box of things that we've done. And I don't want to mislead you with this series title, Whatever Christian Needs to Do, to think there are just a few things you need to check off and then you're good. No, it's about giving your entire life to God. And so David said, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. We see, in order to follow the commandments, we need to know them and that's why you and I need to read God's word and spend time in it every day so that we can understand what God wants us to do many people today I confront me about different things in the church and they say I don't know why we don't do this or I don't see why we are doing that and their, their very question just reveals to me they don't they don't read the Bible they just don't know they have good intentions many times, but they just don't read the Bible to know why we need to do the things that we need to do. And friend, if you don't read the Bible and spend time in it every day, there's going to be all kinds of situations in life where you're not going to know what God wants you to do in that moment. And what God is calling us to is total and complete surrender to where every part of our life we are following Him. So it doesn't matter what your vocation is. It doesn't matter what your hobbies are. It doesn't matter where you live. That wherever you are in every area of your life, you're doing it to the glory of God, serving Him, being a light to the world by how you live before people. And you can't do this if you don't stay in God's Word and live in it so that you know what God would have you to do in these situations. In order to follow the commandments, we need to know them. I want you to show you another thing in this passage. Look at verse 11 as he speaks about memorizing Scripture. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Bible says here, I have stored up your word in my heart. Memorizing Scripture guards us against temptation. Whenever we memorize Scripture, then we have it readily available. So that at, at whatever temptation we may face, the Holy Spirit can call this to our memory. And we can be reminded of what Scripture says. And as we dwell on Scripture in that moment and claim the promises of God and yield to the commandments of God, then in that moment, we can overcome temptation. 
That's what scripture memory does for you. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm very weak at this. I do not like to memorize scripture because I'm not very good at it. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Recall is not my strength. I could have never been a doctor because I could never remember what drugs do what. Uh, I, I, I made a D in church history twice because I could not remember all those. They gave me a thousand dates to remember and regurgitate back, and I just could not remember it. And I, I struggle with this recall. Sometimes people think, man, Pastor, I can't believe the way you know the Bible. Well, I looked it all up this week and checked it before I said it this morning. I, don't, I, I didn't really know it last week. You know, I can't remember all those passages exactly what it says. I just don't do well with recall. And so I struggle with Scripture memory. But I still commit myself to it because I understand the importance of memorizing Scripture and even if, if later you forget every exact word and you can't quote it verbatim, you can still benefit from the effort that you took place in trying to memorize because you'll remember the, the, the gist and you'll remember the idea. Or maybe you remember where to go back and to look and to find that verse. And God can use that in your life to help you to overcome temptation. That's why you and I, whether you're good at it or not, we need to commit ourselves to try to memorize God's word. You know, we can't memorize the whole Bible or even large sections all at once. And that's why we need to be in a habit of memorizing verses. We need to be in a habit. And I'll give you just a tip. You know, one of the things you might want to try, if you're not good at this, you really don't like it, is just getting some, some accountability. Another pastor and I, uh, we're, we're memorizing the Sermon on the Mount together. That's Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And uh, it's... You know, I, I, can't, I can't quit now because he asked me, which verses did you learn this week? You know, we, we're holding each other accountable. And so I would encourage you, maybe you're really not good at this, find somebody else that's really not good at this and say, hey, you know, I'll ask you each week about what verse you memorized if you want to ask me. It's, it's good to have an accountability partner. But if you'll memorize the scripture, then you'll know what God is calling you to do. So you and I, we need, to, we need to live in the Bible, but I want you to understand this also. We need to be receptive to the Bible. We need to be receptive. And here's what I mean by this. Being receptive to the Bible means having a teachable spirit. Look at verse 12, what it says. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. David, David wanted to hear from God. He wanted to learn from God. David had a teachable spirit. You know, you can read the Bible uh, a lot of different ways. Some people read the Bible just, just out of curiosity. They, they just want to know. Maybe they have this, this curious mind like a history buff that wants to know what happened. And, and you can read the Bible like that. You can, you can read the Bible wanting to know what's, what's in it. And that's okay. You can get some benefit from that. But you can't benefit from that type of curiosity like you can benefit from coming to the Bible with a teachable spirit when you want God to teach you something about yourself, about Him, and about the world. You see, when you come to the Bible with the attitude that you want to see something today, you want to hear something. You want to hear something not from your own thoughts, not from your own craft or imagination, but to hear something, to see something from God. When you come with that kind of teachable spirit, God will teach you things, and he will show you things. And as God begins to teach you through his word, 
little by little, we become transformed. And so David says, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Being receptive to the Bible means being unashamed of the Bible's teaching. Notice what he says in verse 13. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. David said that he not only read the Bible, he not only memorized the Bible, he was not only receptive and wanted to be taught, but he talked about the Bible. You see, following Christ is not a private matter. You and I, we need to teach others. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7. Uh, listen to what the Bible teaches us here. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. The Bible teaches us here, and, and this is Deuteronomy. This is the book Moses is trying to prepare the people of Israel how to live in the promised land. And you see what he says? You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Moses said that the words of the Lord should constantly be on our lips. You are to talk about them and teach them to others. And our primary responsibility is our own children. But beyond that, we are to teach others. We are to share what we know from God's Word. I was thinking this week for a moment about different conversations. You know, there's, there's so many conversations that's so natural to us. If you, if you want to get a conversation started, if you just don't know anybody and just don't know what to say, just say something about sports. I don't know why, but nobody has trouble talking about sports. They'll tell you about their team and the scores and about the game and how it's going. Or if they don't watch sports, they'll tell you how they hate sports and they don't like to. I mean, everybody likes to talk about sports. We just have no problem with that, do we? It, it, if that fails, then you can always bring up politics. People have no trouble talking about politics, do they? People talk about national politics, local politics. That, and, and I'm always amazed at people that seem so, can seem so quiet and, and rarely express an opinion about anything. You ask them about a presidential election just before it's about to take place, and you'll be amazed at how much they have to say. I mean, we have no trouble talking about politics. But if I ask somebody to talk about the Lord, in so many situations with different people, it's just like, it just, it's so awkward for them. They just struggle to talk about the things of God. But David said, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. And Moses taught the people. He said, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You see, I, I believe that, that if you and I live in God's word, every day we're, we're reading it and we're taking it in and we're memorizing it and we're meditating on it, it will become as natural for us to talk about God's word as it is for us to talk about our political views, our favorite sports team, and our children. When the Bible becomes a precious 
treasured part of our life. It's natural for us to talk about God's word with other people. So being receptive means I have a teachable spirit. And I'm not ashamed of the Bible's teachings. But I can talk about it openly and teach others. But being receptive to the Bible also means treasuring its teachings. Look at verse 14. He says, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. When we begin to understand the value of God's word, it has the ability to impart eternal wisdom to us. That the Bible has the answer to the deepest problems in our life. That if we would just open ourselves up with a teachable spirit and read and memorize God would, would show us how to live and how to survive. He would give us a hope and a future that he's accomplished through his son, but that he's revealed to us through his word. If we ever get to the point that we realize that, we will, we will treasure God's word. So we need to be receptive to the Bible. But I want to share one last thing with you today. We need to meditate on the Bible. Look at verses 15 through 16. I will meditate on your precept, precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. You and I, we, we, uh, we meditate on all kinds of things. Probably, probably don't even think about it. But meditation just means dwelling on something, pondering it, thinking about it. And quality meditation comes whenever we block out other distractions and focus on the thing that we're meditating about and thinking about. And you see, one of the reasons that many people don't meditate on God's Word is because they're not reading it. When you begin to read God's Word and memorize Scripture, then you will have something to meditate on throughout the day. Yesterday I was, um, I was reading through the Bible and I was in uh, 1 Samuel. And there was a, I, I always find that, that, that during my reading, there's, there's always something that just jumps out at me. And maybe something that I just, it speaks to something in my life at that moment or something I didn't really notice before. But uh, uh, it, there's something that just jumps out at me. And yesterday, the thing that really jumped out at me is I was reading that passage in 1 Samuel. And when, when Samuel rebukes Saul for offering a sacrifice that he was not supposed to offer as the king, Samuel says, to obey is better than sacrifice. I've, I've dwelt on that verse most of my adult life. I'm very familiar with that one. That's the one that I've often thought about. But the next phrase just jumped out at me yesterday when he talked about the sin of presumption. You see, Saul presumed it would be okay to keep the best, even though the Lord had told him to get rid of all the cattle. He presumed it would be okay to go ahead and offer a sacrifice, even though that he was the king and Samuel was the priest and the prophet. He presumed it would be okay. Samuel was not there when Saul wanted him to be there, and so he presumed it would be okay to go ahead without him. And in thinking for God and disobeying the commandments he had been given, his presumption was sin and iniquity. Well, I dwelt on that all day yesterday. Not because I chose that as a verse, but because I've been reading through the Bible every day. And, and because I read, there's, there's something that I have 
later in the day to meditate on. And if you'll develop a habit of reading the Bible every day, you will always have something to meditate on. And meditation leads to understanding. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 49, verse 3. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. It's one thing to read something. It's another to meditate on it and think about what it means. And as you and I meditate on God's Word and dwell on it, we will have a deeper understanding of what it means and how God wants to apply it in our lives. So meditation leads to understanding, but it also leads to obedience. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is the passage where Joshua is about to take command of the nation of Israel. Moses has died and Joshua will be the new leader. And here's what it says as the Lord gives him instructions. This book of the law, that's, that's the first five books of the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Do you notice what he says? Meditate on it, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This passage has the same formula of living, same thing from Psalm 119. He says, don't let it depart from your mouth. That is, you should talk about it. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night, and that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. This is how it works. We read God's Word. We meditate on God's Word. We talk about God's Word. And that results in us obeying God's Word. You see, God wants to grow us up in the faith and teach us a whole new perspective and a whole new way of life. But this can't come in a moment. It comes through the daily habit of reading and studying and meditating on God's Word. A preacher named Thomas Brooks said this. He said, it is not he that reads most, but he that meditates most that will prove the choicest, sweetest, wisest, and strongest Christian. When we come to read God's word, it will give us something to meditate on, to dwell on. We'll understand what God wants us to do, what he wants us to think. And how he wants us to live. Many people today are probably thinking, well, you know, pastor, I, uh, it's great that you read the Bible, but you're, you're a pastor and, and you don't have a lot to do. Uh, you, you know, you've got all week to sit and read the Bible. And, and uh, I, I know what some of you are thinking, that you have real jobs and it's hard and you got kids and it's time consuming. And some of you go to, you go to school and you got all this stuff going on. Your life is very busy. And I understand that. I really do. But you know what I learned a long time ago? We all have the same amount of time in every day. And we choose what to do on the basis of priorities. I don't know about you, but there's not been a day yet since I've been here that I've got up and thought, well, I'm really busy today. I think I'll just skip a shower before I go in. I'll just get on to work. I, I just don't do that. I doubt you do it either. There's not been too many days that I thought, I'll just skip breakfast. You can see that. <laughs> I mean, we... We choose what we're going to do based on priorities, priorities. And most of us have a lot of stuff that we could cut out in our life 
when I, I've, I've gotten a habit, when I, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is check my phone. Check text messages, emails, all that kind of stuff. Just make sure there's no crisis or anything's happened during the night or whatever. And uh, the, other, the other day I got up, and I got up early, so I had some time. And, and uh, I'm not a morning person, so I'm real slow moving when I first get up. And I, I'm just not. I'm not a morning person. And I got on Facebook, and before I realized it, I'd been on Facebook 20 minutes. I hadn't even gotten out of bed yet, but I'd been on Facebook 20 minutes. I just looked at the clock, and I thought, and I couldn't believe it. The time had just flown. I, you know, all my friends from high school is posting their kids' pictures, all this stuff. You know, you just get, you get sucked in, don't you? I, before I known it, I hadn't even gotten out of bed yet, and I spent 20 minutes on social media. And I thought, man, what a waste of, of the start of the day. You see, I, I bet if you evaluate your day, you'd find all kinds of stuff in your life that's not really that important that you could cut out. You, you could probably watch one less TV show, spend a few less minutes on social media. We might could eat lunch a little faster if we wanted to. There's all kinds of, of time throughout the day that if we want to, to live in God's Word, that we can. If the Bible is food for the soul, then friend, you and I, we don't need to starve ourselves. I cannot give you everything you need in 30 minutes on Sunday morning. If you're going to grow as a believer, you need to read the Bible every day. So I would encourage you to start somewhere, wherever you are. You say, Pastor, I don't read the Bible at all. Well, start with a verse. I mean, that's not quite enough, but it's better than what you're doing now. You can get the Bible app on your phone. It'll give you a verse every day. You can read a verse, and that'll at least give you something to meditate on. Maybe you can build up to a chapter you know, if you read a chapter every day consistently, in every three years, you would read all the way through the Bible. Uh, if you read three chapters a day, in about a year, you'll read through the Bible. But habits, habits have cumulative effects. This year, I'm, I fall on a particular reading plan. I read 10, 10 chapters of the Bible every day. And so, uh, from I started just right before Christmas. I don't know where I'm at now, but the second week of February, I looked and I calculated it. Second week of February, I was halfway through the Bible for the year. Now, at no time this year, and here's what I want you to understand. At no time this year did I do any extended Bible reading. There was no Saturday morning that I thought got up and thought, well, I'm going to read the Bible for three hours this morning. or Nothing, nothing like that. No time did I do that. I just consistently follow this plan every day. I read the Bible uh, on this reading plan for about 45 minutes. That's how long it takes me to read those 10 chapters, about 45 minutes. And I just do that consistently every day. And as a result of doing that consistently every day, uh, by the middle of February, I was already halfway through the Bible for the year. That's the power of a habit. And if you get in the habit of reading God's Word, whether it's a chapter or three chapters or whether you're just going to start with a verse, if you'll get in the habit of reading God's Word, once God begins to speak to you and pour into you, I, I think that you'll find that it's addictive. It, it'll be like the breakfast or shower. It's something you just don't want to skip. It'll become an essential part of your day. Because God will speak to you and he'll change you. And he'll begin to grow you up in the faith. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I know that many times we take it for granted. We take it for granted that we have unhindered access to it. We can read it any time we want. And Father, I pray today for the person that's just never made this priority. Maybe they never understood that they truly need to read your word. 
Father, I pray that you'd give them a desire to create a habit of reading and meditating so that, Lord, that you would speak to them through your word. Father, I pray that I pray that we would learn to just to be in love with you and to long to spend time with you. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You know, I've, led a, I've read a, a lot of good books in my life. I really like to read. But I've never read a book like this before. I've read some ancient books. I've read some religious books. I've read parts of the Koran. I've read the Book of Mormon. If you ever read those books alongside the Bible, it's, it's shocking the difference. There's no comparison to the Bible. I've never read any other book like this. Because, you see, this book is inspired by God. It was written by humans, but they were just his instruments. And in this book, the Bible tells us eternal things and eternal truths. This book will never become outdated. It'll never become irrelevant. And one of the things that the Bible teaches us is that every single one of us has a major problem that we can't solve. And that's the problem of sin. But that's why Jesus came. Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. So that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't deserve to die. But he died in your place so that you could spend eternity in heaven. This, this gift, this gift of forgiveness that's given by the grace of God that we've